Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And we are the Notcasters. <laughs> Becca, oh no! <laughs> it started already. Becca's had, had a coffee. cough. She's been traveling and coughing at the same time. I was time. both sick and out of town. Before um, before she left, she was unspeakably impossible to talk to. So oh, so bad, you guys. We did not host a one-sided no. conversation. It's been two weeks. Like My voice right now sounds like a a total croak, but nothing, nothing compared to what it was last week. And I had like a fever for a week and then I got over the fever, but then I have been coughing like a monster for the last, right. An additional so we week. We didn't bless you with but that. Can I just tell you that when you have a fever of 102 as an adult, it's not fun. I mean, <laughs> I feel like as a Pretty child. Pretty sure it's not fun as a child no, either. No, but it's different. I feel like it's different. There's... I don't know, because when my kids are that hot, they it's like glassy-eyed, yeah. wastrelling. Yes, it's been a long time. Like, I had not had to get a sub at school for being sick in years. And this was, wow, it just wiped me right on out. So anyhow, nobody wanted to hear me talk for the last two weeks. And you probably still don't want to, but too bad, because here we are. Because here we are. We're talking. Somebody somebody in a comment or I'm somewhere. getting out my cough drops, though, so I'm, so I'm prepared. Told me that they were hoping we hadn't canceled our oh, podcast. Because that's how reliable we've become. Exactly. We're really doing it. Sorry, everyone. I'm getting out my cough drops. Um, so, Rachel, yeah. tell us about your life and times. I'll tell you my best move. This will be the tip section of the podcast. Oh, I'm glad that we're keeping it on orderly. On orderly. orderly. But it's one of my better moves so far. I can tell it's good thinking already. Okay, I what? ordered Sorry. myself up a a cleaning cart, a cart oh. on wheels full of my cleaning. Tell goods. me about this because I I would if I had anywhere to put a cleaning cart. That's mm-hmm. the biggest hang up in my life. Well. I'm excited because I think it will be. <laughs> that is too big of a cough drop to talk through. Becca <laughs> handed me a, but it's a sharp-edged cubicle Ricola. It's my, you can't like mm-hmm. slip it into the side of your mouth casually. Yeah. Okay. Well. So I got this cleaning cart, and it's working for me, real good. Tell although... us about it. What does it involve? Well, I'm just putting all my cleaning supplies on the cart. So I have like a bin of dry clean rags and one for the wet, dirty ones. Yeah. And I have a garbage bag hanging on it and a broom and dustpan. Yeah, nice. And other cleaners that I may feel I need. And a yeah. razor blade scooter. And yeah. I don't have a plastic scraper yet, but I will get one. And I got to, I'll put my little vacuum on it. The reality is our main floor is a big space of to try to clean up and it feels like if you were to head into that trying to maintain it I you can end up being like spending all your time commuting from one place to another to get the thing you forgot yeah you know or looking for the broom because you're sure you had it but you left it somewhere weird yeah that kind of thing so I'm just trying to consolidate all of the things that I need to clean the main floor in on the cart so that I can whoop around the main floor with all of the supplies. That's a great. I like it a lot. I just don't have anywhere to tuck it when it's not in use. I though it's not that big. It's big. I mean, yeah, but it's only eighteen inches wide or something. So it's not like. So, 
I'll tell you, everyone, what is a strange result of me being sick and in bed. Oh, yeah. Is that <laughs> I have time on my hands to do things like Google about mops. And we've been through the mop discussion yeah, on here we've before. Solved, we've solved the problems. Can you turn that uh, so I can yeah. roll the window down part way? Um, we've talked about mopping. And and the thing is, is that... Um, we we really hammered out the two the two bucket system but the mop itself Mm-mm. i have struggled with because i, I have... can't do the two bucket system now yeah cuz it's just Cause... too big it's... no no i have because it's not good for the floors these floors yeah, to throw to... tons of water, water on, on them it. yeah so my old system is no mops right well but the other thing is though i have fallen for gimmicky mops in the past where you get at home where you're like I I'll pay the extra $12 for this mop that gets you know looks mm-hmm. like it's and then it's got some ridiculous twist and squeeze system that takes too much time and is mm-hmm. a big pain mm-hmm. and then you're like okay you go back to buy a new mop head for it and then it turns out you buy a mop head that doesn't fit on it that's and because so, they're always releasing some new yeah. fangled thing that doesn't fit with the right. old Right, and so then you have <laughs> m- the mysterious mop heads huh. around that, like, don't fit on any pole. And then you're like, <laughs> then you're like, maybe I'll just get the wet Swiffer. And then you try that. I and hate then, a wet Swiffer. And then you're like, it just makes a smear on the floor. And then you go back and you're like, no, I'm buying the two ninety nine string mop. And, and then, then I go that. back with the spongy. I always go with the sponge and uh, a clean rag. I use the sponge, the classic yeah. sponge mop, as a pusher. Okay. To the clean rag, okay. the wet rag. All I'm saying is this is uh, the Assorted mop itself. Assorted washable heads of mops somehow oh, yeah. is an eternal bane of Yeah, because then you can't find the clean mop head yeah. when you need it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there I am, sick, feverish, looking at mops that get good ratings mm-hmm. on the internet. And uh, that tells you how bored I was because I do not read actually, consumer reports. Actually, I could slip into that hole most times when you're like, no, but I don't read. I don't read reviews, and I don't read consumer reports. And I just, and there I was reading about uh, a mop that is called the Mop NATO. Let's be clear that and... at one point in like this fever, <laughs> she calls me up on the phone. <coughs> to tell me that she's looking into the details of some flashy new mop and she says I think it's called the molesto <laughs> and then we didn't breathe for no. another four, four minutes I knew of, as I of, said it that that couldn't be right of horror <coughs> a horrified like what product meeting Excuse came me up with that hacking but but Ben really felt like they had missed an opportunity to call it the floor NATO, which she thought would have been much better than a mop NATO. <laughs> but anyway, so I after watching the videos and everything, guess I'm like, how many of us are now the proud owners yeah, of the Rachel, mop NATO? And I'm like Rachel. Am I being snookered by a gimmicky mop again? <laughs> and so she watches them, and then both of us ordered the mop NATO. I, I did and not actually watch the videos. I have. I, I just, had to watch one after the fact because I can figure out how to. <coughs> it does work well. It's a good ringing it out device. It's I, a well working. Yeah. So far, 
I have I, my complaints, but they're pretty minimal. I, I so far, am feeling pretty good about the mop NATO, you guys. I like the mop head. I like that you can chuck it in the wash. I like that it actually, it arrived in an Amazon box. And one of these videos is involves them like dumping a bunch of pop out on the floor and then squirting mustard on it and then like sweeping the mop over the top and it sucks up an we entire found, we both found that compelling that's yeah. true yeah it sucks up like an that. entire liter of fluid into the mop head mm-hmm. and and it's true because we're sitting there it's sitting there in an amazon box one of my kids drops an entire like coke and the lid falls off and it blats out all over the floor and I'm like, well, we happen <laughs> to have standby. a mop NATO on hand. And so I get it out and it, it totally soaked up the entire thing and was not even dripping, you know. So that was that was um, a plus. But then I left town and I haven't had a chance to mop my entire floor with my mop NATO, but I'm looking forward to doing that. <laughs> This, these are the things I treasure up for the we weekend. We can be really fascinating when we want to be. When we, we talk can really about go. the Mop NATO, <laughs> which, to be clear, is not called the Molesto. <laughs> it is not. It was not that one. So, I had an exciting breakthrough. Okay. I haven't done anything about it yet, but I had it. Oh. I, I just can't. I'm sorry. Wow. <coughs> this Don't is, make me laugh, Rachel. The good news is we can't communicate disease <coughs> through the airwaves of the podcast. No, you're not getting infected, guys. You're just being annoyed by my yeah. coffee. So, um, I, you know I've told you all the story about me making bad bagels and then blaming the recipe and yeah. then being convicted of that yeah. for some reason. I know not why. I don't know what. I wish I could remember what prompted me to suddenly look back and regret on judging the bagel <laughs> recipe. <laughs> it's a period of self But I did. It was a real coming of age moment. <coughs> um, but then for whatever reason, I could never locate the recipe again. If, oh. I know it was in, I knew it was in Mom's Better Homes and Gardens that I was using okay. it. Sure. But then, <coughs> never more to locate. Like, I, when I went to look up the recipe to make it after my binge of yeah. making it. Okay. There was not even in the, like, I knew it was in the Better Homes and Gardens. And it was not even in the index that there were bagels in the, okay. and I always felt that that was Weird. odd. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. How we lost it, and okay. then I had a new, I had a newer Better Homes and Gardens cookbook. Mm-hmm. No bagels in there either. Okay. The other day, I was at the Hope Center, saw Better Homes and Gardens, and flipped it open, and there's the recipe. Oh. So I took a picture of it. They must really, I don't know what they're doing. How they vote the popular kids in and out of the Better Homes out of the cookbook that looks like it's exactly the same thing since yeah. 1940 or whatever yeah. but yeah no they've been changing it up on us and That's this one funny. Has, so I'm going to make I the have bagels. two different copies of that cookbook but you never asked me to look at it find out I maybe you're not. the one who maybe. took the one that had the bagels in it maybe Maybe because I think mom must have replaced that cookbook. Maybe, like maybe have, she got a newer, nicer one. Yeah. And so she just traded it out. And then I was maybe. like, where is that? Yeah. What I might happened? Have it. I might have yeah. that one. It's like the old school one with the little folders and, you know, the little dividers. And they all have that. Yeah. Though. But like the pages are falling out. So yeah, I think you probably have yeah. that one. 
Yeah. I think I Anyways, know. I'm going to make them. I bet I'll, I okay. bet I'll do better on my first we try than I did last time. Well, I went through a phase, but this was a number of years ago, where I made every Sunday night, I would make a big batch of homemade bagels. And the kids were just crazy for them. And then I would make them, um, like... Was that the food processor bagels? No, it wasn't, I don't think. But it. I didn't have a food processor, so that's how I... That's how you ascertain. That that's not what I was doing. Maybe you gave it away. I forgot. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I used to make a big load of them, and then, um, I would make the kids like breakfast sandwiches on the bagels in the morning, and I'll tell you that is kind of deluxe right there. Yeah, it's so good. Um, and I remember was it Mad Hungry? I think it's the yeah. cookbook Mad Hungry, which I recommend this bagel sandwich recipe. It's like the New York, um everything no what's it called the new york breakfast sandwich i don't know i don't remember but it's um it has you fry two eggs per sandwich and you um poke the yolk to make it not squirt out everywhere when you take a bite of the sandwich and then you put both of the eggs the cheese and bacon in between the two eggs and then put the you know, egg on top, put the whole thing in a toasted bagel, wrap it up in foil, and then you can take it to go on your way to school. But that was, that was always a big sensation. Did for I the tell kids. you about the time that I thought, why is it that I don't make eggs for my kids? Like, cause it's 42 eggs. Yeah. Because what I did is I was like, I'll just, I'll just do eggs the way they want today. I think it was like Oh, a like Saturday. a short order cook situation? I was like, would you like an omelet? Or like make a two-egg omelet, make a yeah. fried egg, make a something else, make a something else. Still going, did something else, make another thing. And then they were all back again for seconds. And it was actually 40-something eggs later that yeah. I was like, I remember now. Why? Why we do oven omelet. I yeah. know why yeah. I say no. You can't have some kind of custom brewed two egg operation. Well, I my kids do their own custom brewed egg operation. My kids do too, but not but not it, me at the no. helm. It also does mean that there's seventy four dirty egg pans in the morning. That's one of my lesser favorite <laughs> fallouts of that. So I'm gonna tell you something random that was on my mind that I was thinking about. Okay. Just a little do it. Tell us. Talking with some friends about this and this tendency in uh, ministry environments for people to talk about, like, that I'm pouring myself into these people. Or I'm... Yeah, sure. But how, like, sometimes our just back-of-the-head assumptions about things really throw you off. Like, this idea that if you're ministering to people that you are pouring yourself out on their behalf, sort of like they're the needer and you're the giver. And um, and that there's sort of a, I don't know, this was a topic, this is what we were talking about. In some ministry circles, there is an emphasis that the pastor's need to have friends not in the car. They need to have like peers elsewhere that are their friends because you can't be, it's sort of like you need to be in a different place with your own congregation or your local church, whatever. Then, then like really just living there, being all in with the people there. So we're talking about that, but it was just striking me how 
if you put together the things like when Jesus says, if you get, you know, what you do unto the least of these, you've done to me. And when you put that in the context of the Bible also telling us to let each of you think of others more highly than themselves. I thought that those two things, I know this is not really an original thought except for it struck me for the first time that I can recall, is that that think of others more highly than yourself is a large part of that is even someone who is needier than you are or in a more difficult situation. You're not serving them so much as you're serving Christ who is infinitely above you, right? So when you're reaching out to someone, when you're trying to bless someone, even if it's the least of these, you're doing it to Christ, which means your demeanor is not patronizing because. Sure. Yeah. Because, but I just thought that that was. You're not aiming down, you're aiming up. You're not aiming down. You're offering something to Christ as you try to serve people. Sure. And you're, and that, that also guards you against serving to please them. Like just trying, Mm -hmm. like when you're serving people to please God, you're never going to be looking down on the people you're serving because you're offering your hospitality, you're offering your prayers, you're offering all of these things to God to please him, which means your demeanor will never be that kind of, you're the little people that I'm, Mm -hmm. that I am taking time out of my important people schedule to try to, do you see what I'm Uh saying there? Yeah, no, it's good. And I think that there's a lot that could be explored in that. When you think of have you know being hospitable, you're having all these people into your home, and the point is not you're not trying to impress them, and you're not trying to be like you need me to do this for you, or you you know it's like you're just delighting and serving God, and they are yeah. But of course, you can't serve God without that middle step of serving them. So it's not like you can cut that section out. I mean, no, but I just meant that being aware of what you're actually doing sure. guards you against a lot of weird things that can yes, sneak yeah, in, true. you know, um, that's true. because there's a lot of times when you may be called to ministry, like I think in here of like pastors families where there can be long periods where there doesn't feel like there's much respite from just mm-hmm. the hard work of ministry. It's not like there's yeah. a lot of life giving friendships in your life or, sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? You may just feel really alone and out there struggling Uh along and the people are not meeting your, any needs of yours. Right. Which I can just see how that turns into, I have to get out of here to go. I need some. Not that there's anything wrong with having friends outside, but, but I see what you're saying. Of course not. It's it's just just not a, it's not sorry for yourself. Yeah, and actually, I don't think there's anything wrong with the concept of having other friends in other places, no. but there's something um, dangerous in thinking of the friendship being your most important sure, yeah, goal, or true. like, without that, I yeah can't well, be. So, one thing I was thinking about, this is like not quite related to that, um, but it is nonetheless something I've been thinking about, is I feel like there's so much right now lament over people basically disregarding 
the scriptures and what the scriptures say to do, whether it's women's roles in the church or, you know, whatever it is. And, and I feel like the conservatives, Wait, are, you're talking about the lament or you're talking about the, the conservatives lamenting this problem. Mm, like okay. it feels like this ever encroaching creep of right. whether it's Beth Moore or whoever it is, who's, you know, like got us worried because she's not, you know, like this is what the Bible seems to plainly say, but then she seems to be saying, ah, but don't you think we can do it differently than that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then there's the conservatives who sit there going, oh, no, oh, no, doesn't, don't we all see that this is what the Bible says to do? Um, but I was thinking, especially in that moment, how vitally important it is to teach your children how to obey. Mm-hmm. And because when you're teaching your children to obey in the little things, mm-hmm. like obey cheerfully, even though you don't want to pick up your room, you don't want to do your homework, you don't want to be kind to your sister, whatever it is, you don't feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. But when you as a parent are insisting that like, no, you must obey and you must obey cheerfully and I don't want back chat and mm-hmm. I don't want you to argue and you don't get to throw a sulk fit, you know, like mm-hmm. all of those things, it is so much bigger than just the clean room or the homework or whatever, because you're teaching them what obedience looks like. And Mm -hmm. I feel like there's all these people who look at the state of the church and they're bewailing the lack of obedience Mm -hmm. in the adults. But then it's like, but turn around and are you teaching your children how, how to obey when you, when you're not in the mood? Most of the time, no. How do you obey when like how many, how many parents are upset by, encroaching liberalism in the church, but they let their own kids slip off the hook by reinterpreting commands, by acting Mm -hmm. like they didn't hear it the first time, by giving them a lot of lip and back chat, by dragging their feet, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's just so, if you don't want to be growing up a little crop of liberals in your own home, (laughs) then teach them to obey. Mm -hmm. And, and I just really feel like, um, and actually this, I have to say, this goes right back to what I was just talking about. Well, a different angle on it, but that you're the authority in their life. Not because you're being selfish, but because you're obeying God. And if they're challenging your authority, they're challenging God. It's not yeah, you, right? Exactly. And, and so you're not being selfish to say, sorry, you actually can't be in control. Right. You know, like this, because you can't take this from me because God gave it to me. Yeah. And so your argument is with God. But this, this but is I'm why, not like, saying you say that all to a toddler. I'm saying that should inform your own demeanor about it, which is that you're not being more selfish than the toddler by enforcing that they do what you said. You're being yeah. more obedient than your toddler and that should be everyone's goal. Yeah. And I <laughs> Let's just, all be more obedient like, than toddlers. I just feel like look at the, the level of um, disobedience or back chat or temper tantruming or sulking mm-hmm. or whatever it is that you allow in your children. But then swap out the command and say this is this is how my son will act when when God tells him to love his wife as Christ loved the church. This is how my daughter will act when mm-hmm. God is telling her to submit to her husband or whatever. It's like you're you're training them right now what obedience looks like when obedience doesn't feel like it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, when your emotions are telling you to go another way. And I just What think, that means is 
you're discipling your children by making them obey you. You are discipling them in the Lord. Exactly. Because you're not making them and this and these things are important. They have to obey you because they should be obeying you because you are their parent. They it is but because of that you should also be aware of what you're telling them they have to obey you on all the time and you should uh-huh. not become a ridiculous tyrant because that is not teaching the gospel. No. Either. In fact, I'm just really connecting all the weird dots today. Okay. Um I recently saw a old I assume yeah, well I know it's old. But I saw it for the first time. Or I looked at it for the first time. Greg and Josh Harris's thing that was like twenty one rules of this house for preschoolers. From a long time ago? Yeah, I assume it was from when they were selling okay. curriculums for that kind of thing. I don't know. Okay. But take away the fact that it is an apostate person who wrote it. And it could be all kinds of Christians who would do this. Sure. So okay. I'm, it's not important that it was Josh Harris. It's okay. just the all the... It's like 21 rules. Okay. Just let me just draw your attention to the fact that that is a lot. <laughs> that is okay. a lot of rules. But the first ones are all things that I wouldn't even... I mean, they are... I don't know. It's just dumb to put them in the category of rules of this house. Because it's like, we forgive those who ask for forgiveness. Or we... Like, there's a lot of things. It's like, of course, you should be doing that. But it just seems like an odd thing to put on a list on the wall of... What? I mean, that's a pretty big one. Yeah, but here's what I'm saying. I would never say we only have 21 rules of this house and one of them is forgive people who have like, because when you're talking about practical Christian living, that's a rule you would enforce, whatever. Here's, let me get to the, what I'm really trying to say. There were like basic Christian living things all at the beginning. Like these are rules of the house. And then it just seamlessly transitions into, we shut the things that we open. We turn off the things that we turn on. We do... Um, you know, it was like, we clean up any messes that we make. We, you know, so, so what happens is it starts with the spiritual laws and seamlessly moves into cupboard door work without drawing any distinctions. And then two tables of the law. (laughs) And then it ends, (coughs) it ends with when we fail to do any of these things we accept the discipline of the lord oh so it just like woo, like something but it's almost like it's more a matter of tone because i don't i don't know if jumping on the furniture was in there but i mean like i have no problem with house rules being like kids you may not jump on the couch no you know that's totally fine but we always distinguished in our house growing up Mom, that always distinguishes. There's God's rules and there's house rules. Now, house rules do come under the umbrella of obeying your parents, which is one of God's rules. So, <coughs> we just always shuffled those under. If I say, go pick up your shoes, and someone does not go pick up their shoes, you're disobeying your mother. Right. You're not committing the sin of shoe placement. Right. You are committing the sin of disobedience. But I also just am saying to have your home be a really joyful and pleasant place, you're going to need to recognize that 
humans are not robots and that joyful living does not always, uh, like I'm okay with the fact that my eight year old may run in the house and kick her shoes off wildly while telling me an excited story. And I'm okay with the fact that I just have to keep saying, Hey, go see what you just did. Go clean that up. You know, like be thoughtful of what you do with that. And in, because it is training in the long term. Yeah. I, I what I'm saying is it's a complicated issue, but I'm saying enforce obedience, but don't become the person who is like, you didn't empty the pencil sharpener when the sharpener was full, and that's a rule, which means you weren't obeying your mother, which means you're well, on probation for twelve days. Unless that's been a point of tension, in which case it is a matter of that's what I'm trying you know. to say that it is so actually. I think, I think what we what we always try to do is if you're going to discipline your children for something, um, it needs to have a biblical name. And so maybe it was the fact that they were pouring milk on the coffee table. But there actually is no sin in the Bible called pouring milk on the coffee table. But there is a sin called disobeying your mother, right? And so we would always try and make sure that we were not disciplining for jumping on the couch. Right. But we were disciplining for disobeying when mom told you you may not jump on the couch. Think because that's a that's a sin. Jumping on the couch isn't a sin if your mom is fine I with guess it. the thing I was thinking of, <coughs> it's that other... If the trumpet, or my favorite translation is, if the bugle gives an indistinct sound, who will get ready for a battle? Right. <laughs> and I think, how much of the mothering life is bad bugling? I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure, pretty <laughs> sure I would say like 40%. <coughs> get your, by the, this, that I, yeah, like, because you're trying to do too many things at one time, and then you just are dissatisfied yeah. with the... That people didn't clearly interpret what your desires sure. would have been. Yeah, and you have some women who are amazingly good at just the logistics and the details and keep every keeping everything running and all of that. And God gives different gifts to different people, but <coughs> but schedules are not in Scripture. You are free to live on a schedule if that floats your boat, but you can't like discipline your children for. Lack of schedule keeping, but you can discipline them for lack of obedience. Also, the other way, if you have a child who's just naturally very orderly and likes things a certain way, you can't do the other way. You can't (coughs) superimpose. Basically, it's all right that there's a lot of variety is all we're trying to say. It's a lot of variety and, and you're free to run your house how you choose. But I just mean like how whatever you decide, this is how we these are our house rules. This is how the Merkel family runs, or this is how the Jenks family runs. This is how we do it. These are the things that we do in our house. It is important to distinguish between a house rule and God's rules. But one of God's rules is that you obey your parents. So if if you have told your child repeatedly how this needs to go, and they just are ignoring you all the time, mm-hmm. then you have to realize that you're training them to ignore commands that they actually have a moral obligation to obey. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that is such a big deal that you not let your kids, uh, turn into that. And I think there are a lot of, there are a lot of conservatives who are bewailing the state of the church right now. Right. And the liberal Christians who dodge what God clearly says, but it's like, okay, turn around and (coughs) 
<laughs> just ask yourself, are you, are you creating children who will cheerfully and immediately obey even if they're not in the mood or even if it's difficult or even if they're tired or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I don't know. I just think, um, <coughs> sorry, the emotional, letting your emotions trump what's clear obedience mm-hmm. is something that bothers us about the feminists in the church, right? Mm-hmm. Is that like, well, it hurts my feelings that, you know, Paul mm-hmm. said the things he did. Well, don't let your kids get away with emotional manipulation. Well, basically don't put them in the training camp for how to how to handle scripture in a really ungodly manner. How to, right. you know, you want them to and you the reality is in all of this it comes down to you doing it. It comes down to you illustrating to them and if you are overlooking God clearly telling you to have obedient children, yeah. <laughs> like then you're the one who's not applying scripture to yourself. And so it's not even, it's not just that you're training your kids to do it. It's that you're doing the same thing at a different flavor. You're just another. Yep. Yep. Because why is it that you let your kids be little beasts? Well, because it's kind of hard. And because I don't know what to do or because it feels, because it's it's kind of hard. I would have to get up off the couch or I would have to confess my snarky attitude and then go deal with it cheerfully. Or I would have to put away. Or I would have to acknowledge that I'm doing a bad job in the first place. Or I'd have to put away my phone for a minute and stop looking at Facebook. Or I don't know. Whatever it is that's getting in the way, I think there are a lot of people with with, um, a really sad situation going on with their kids that they are allowing to happen sometimes for a whole mixture of reasons. Sometimes they don't know how to stop it. Sometimes their own guilt over their own sins makes them feel them from it. Yeah. You know, like you feel like, well, I can't, I can't address their speck until I get this beam out of my eye, but I just don't really feel like getting the beam out of my eye. So Mm -hmm. I'll just let them have their speck. You know, sometimes that happens. If you're not, if you're not faithfully, diligently, Disciplining, especially with little kids. One of the big clues <coughs> for you that you're not is that you're talking way too much. Yes. If you notice that you're like, and if I see that again one more time, then something may happen. Come back here. No, come here. I said come here. Come yeah. back here. Look right Am here. I gonna Stand here. Count? Look at my eyes. Am I gonna Look count? My, I'm going to count to four. And when I get to four, four, one, two. And then you're like, look at me. Okay, if I see one more time of you spitting at your brother. <laughs> and you're like, why are we still talking? Like, this yeah. is actually unnecessary. No. And one thing I do love, I want to just say on the other side of this is that all the talking is a good indicator that you are actually just being a threatening parent yep. and that you're being also a blustery threatening one because apparently your threats even don't have bite. <laughs> <laughs> even your threats are not working. And, but that's what you're doing is you're trying to bully and threaten when you're just using your words all the yep. time. And, but one of the things I should say, grandpa Jim wrote that, short essay called saturation love yeah about that there is a time with little kids where if you're just not making headway with someone and you feel like you've been really faithfully disciplining and you've been faithful you know like like I keep telling him he may not do this I keep and it just is like he just is not listening to me and grandpa's suggestion in saturation love is that he already knows you don't like it show him that you love him like yeah. essentially 
they know, if you know that your child knows that what they're doing is not the right thing and they remember and they're still doing it. And maybe that that is the only time they're getting affection from you or attention. Attention. Yeah. And it is important. It's, it is really important that you pour the love on your kids and that you do not just crack down on disciplining them all the time, but that sometimes you just make a point to love on them. Well, I think what it should be is honestly your home should be dominated by the sweetness of fellowship and affection and love and mm-hmm. happiness and joy. And so when your child acts up, they are the ones who have now broken the fellowship. Mm-hmm. And your job is to bring them back into the joy and back into the friendship and back into the fun. Right. And so what it should not be is a sort of <coughs> difficult, tense, grouchy, estranged, silent, cold shouldery kind of a life. And then when they act out, that's the one time it's all, that's the one time. And then you finally are like, you're forgiven. Or that's the one time they get your undivided attention. And so for some kids that that, worth it, it's worth getting in trouble to have your parent actually looking at you and caring about you. And so the thing is, is like, if you love your child, let's just say in addition to that, if you're a child who's acting out, just in the hopes of getting your parents' attention, how much worse when they ignore your disobedience? Yeah. Like, like for the next level of insult is yep. that there's literally nothing in this world I could do to make them look at me. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I, I just think it's like your child should feel like, like when they have disobeyed or when they get snarky or when they go into little fit of the sullens or whatever it is, that basically it's like shutting yourself outside in the cold when everybody is inside yeah. having a grand and you're like, time. What have I done? Yeah. Why am what I, have I here? Done? And then you, you're the parent. You go out there in the cold and you get them and you bring them back in. Mm-hmm. Because do you, if you love your child, you don't want to let them sit out there in the mud and the rain and the freeze. You want to get them back in the house where it, there's and, fellowship. And you do even that getting of them is very affectionate. You don't open the door and say, you get back in here, you little, you know, like you are saying, hey, come here. Like, I love you. Come inside. Like, come back. And if you won't come, I will make you. I mean, I can carry you. I will make you come. Do you know I'm stronger than you? I can carry you in. But I, I think that it is, that is really important. But it's also just super important that you are so loving all the time towards your children that that would not occur to them as a means of trying to get your attention. Right. And so we like I think in general if you're having a real discipline problem with a little kid, you need to both tighten up the discipline and be prompt and stop threatening and and we would tell our kids just give them a heads up. It's like I have been screwing this up. I'm sorry. Like, forgive me for you've been having no fun and that's my fault. You know, forgive me for that. And then you lay out the rules of what's going to happen. You're like, mm-hmm. there won't be warnings. Nope. We're just going to handle we it. Would, We're we going to stop talking all the time about this. And then we would say what I would do at that point is then make a point as a mother to grab that child every time you see them. Be like, hey, you, come here. Like, I love you. Like, I'm so proud of you. Yep. And I'm, and another thing that I would recommend, and I love this with really little kids, is, I maybe have said this on the podcast, I don't know, 
when I pray with them, especially if they're a little bit emotional, if they're got the wobbles on when they're little, yep. typically overtired or something. When I pray with them, I, instead of just being super short, I pray with them a lot more about them. Like I thank God for the things that we see in them that we're so right. proud of. And I spend the time telling them through my prayer how we feel about them. Uh-huh. And when you have a little kid, I, if you have not done this, get on it and do it right away because it's like one of the cutest things when they're on your lap and you're praying about what you're so thankful for in them. It's like a universal thing that they start wiggling their feet together like because <laughs> they are so happy. Yeah. Like it is the most happy thing in the world to be told how, you know, like how much we love them and how thankful for them we are and what yeah. we see in them and how, especially if you have a brother who's been being, um, you know, testy with a sibling praying about Lord, we're so thankful you gave us this little boy who is, who's strong and who, um, like put, give them the positive goals that you see in them like who is strong and like help us to teach him to serve you through controlling himself and like and and paint them a picture of what you envision if you think about you know what does god the father say in front of everyone about god the son is this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased and your children as you imitate god the father as a you know in your parenting It's like, that really should be the dominant flavor. Everyone should know how pleased you are with your children, Mm -hmm. especially them. And so if you're the kind of person who's always telling your friends, oh my gosh, and she's going through such a phase, um, Mm -hmm. that is so not how you should be. That should not be the tone that dominates how you talk about your kids. And your kids should know how pleased you are with them. And so then when there's a break in fellowship, they should want to be let back into the warmth. It should not be just as cold inside as it is outside. No, right. Like I tell Moses a lot, like a lot of the time, I like you, you know, yeah. or I say, I'm so glad God gave us you. Yeah. Or I say, when I see you, it always makes my heart happy. Uh-huh. Like, I'm like, like I'm let so me, proud of you. I just think you're top shelf material. Yeah. Well, when, whenever there's a break in that fellowship, it's not that I'm saying I don't like you. Right. It's that he knows what it is to be in fellowship and delighted in and joyful. Yeah. And so when you say, you know what, bud, you super blew it. That yeah. was, that's not the way we do it. That was a fuss monster bad yeah. time. You know, this was a poor choice you've made. (laughs) He knows, like they, he knows he's sad. He's, it's not that I'm angry with him. It's that the sin messed us up and we got to get it right. And the thing is, is like, like you were saying, if, if everything, if the tone is bad, if everything needs to be tightened up, if there's a lot of fussing, a lot of griping, a lot of snipping at one another around the house, we would basically I remember dad used to do this with us he would sit down and say okay we're gonna have a reign of terror mm-hmm. and it was like from now on no warnings reign of terror and we in our house with our kids we always called it zero tolerance so <laughs> and we would give them all a a heads up like everybody it's gotten a little too loose the tone is bad mm-hmm. and we are moving into zero tolerance and does everyone remember what zero tolerance means <laughs> so we would basically 
fair warning, we are not giving warnings now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just gonna. And you may have been led to believe we would by our by our most recent slow to act parenting. Like you might be thinking, you should have oh. a longer time. Yeah. So we're giving you a heads up that yep. you're not having that anymore. Right. But I would also say, as your kids get older, and as the discipline is more complicated because they are uh-huh. they are teenagers or whatever, you do need to talk more. But even you there, you need to guard how much you're talking versus how much the talk is pointing to Christ, pointing to action, like. We try to not drag things out and try to instead no. be like, hey, let's get this handled. And you don't quickly. ever, ever want to let yourself get adversarial with a child. Combative is not you know, the way to be. No. And and I do think as the kids get older, it is still just as important that they know that the the most important thing is that you are in fellowship with them and that it doesn't matter if we miss church. It doesn't matter if you are late to school. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if your friend has to sit out there in the car for 20 minutes. It's kind of my advice that, that with toddlers is that they should know that you'll leave any grocery store, any place, anytime they should know that if they winged out and hit you, that, that there is no social scene that will keep you from handling no. that. No, there, <laughs> there is no, no. Although one time, one time I had a wee, a wee child who was refusing to get into the pool at a swimming lesson <coughs> because he was cold and okay. he did not want to get in. And yeah. and it was one of these very awkward discipline situations because the coach, you know, the swimming instructor mm-hmm. is like trying to handle it. But I'm like, this is a sin problem that's yeah. happening. And they're like, let me mm-hmm. try to, mm-hmm. I'm a monster, chase me. You know what I'm yeah. like? Hang on, I'll handle this. And but it was turning into too much time of me handling yes, it. Yes. And so I just told him, "Here's how it's gonna go down. Like, you're gonna go have. I'm gonna turn you over to your swim instructor." And this was funny because this is not our. This is not how we would normally have done it. And I was just like, "And if you scream or if you kick or if you freak out." I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm going to leave you in the pool and let the instructor try to deal with that. <laughs> I was like, but when you get out of the pool, <laughs> like if, if such a thing happens, you will remember it your whole life. And I was like, we will go to daddy's office. We uh-huh. will like, this is going to be oh, yeah. a world record situation. <laughs> uh, it was like, or, you could quickly obey, and we will call Daddy and tell him what a good job you did of controlling yourself, and we will have a nice time afterwards. Like, I don't yeah. know what we're going to do. Some kind of a celebration. But I was like, but I'm not going to take you. Because what was happening is he was getting, and kids can do this with, like, cleaning or anything, where they can get out of the entire work yep. by spending the time having a heart problem. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, what if I just spent forever being like, I don't really know what's wrong. Maybe yeah. what's wrong is that everyone else is cleaning up, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> exactly. And In those times, I'll just say, <coughs> here's the Bible. Pray a psalm. Yeah. I'm setting the timer for five minutes. When you come back, you're going to set it right with everybody else. In Like, I'll just say, yeah. in five minutes. You're going to be back here with a joyful face on, having repented yeah. of what needs to be repented of and ready to get things right with people. Yeah, exactly. And, Go forth and have a and good time with that. Like, we just flat won't tolerate sulky obedience. Um, sulky obedience is disobedience. And so, 
Dad always said our whole childhood delayed obedience is disobedience. Yeah. And so if your mother obedience. says jump, I wanna I want you to ask how high on your way up. <laughs> exactly. And so I like if you say I want you to do the dishes and so they go off with a hunched up shoulder of affliction, you know, as they sort of hump off. It's like no no no. Uh uh-uh. uh. That is not Try how that. we're gonna do the dishes. Redo. We are not doing the dishes like that. And so um, but also say- nothing is going to get in the way of us making sure that you are in fellowship with God and man. <laughs> you know? We do we do have a real advantage, mothers with smartphones at your disposal. Keep in mind that maybe not if this ticked your kids off. My kids think it's funny. I think it's like provoking your children unto wrath at sometimes, maybe. If it, I guess it, what you're saying. It could be, but my kids, it has been helpful. Yeah. If you video it on the sly, because then you're like, oh, let's review the game footage. Let's review the footage. Delete it right away. I always have them deleted. I'm not ever. The point is, if someone is schlepping on the counter, when they're like, oh, and you're like, let's do the dishes. And they're like, hey. if you catch it on on film, even they are like, great goodness. And it's and that's actually just helpful. I don't do that, just to be clear. I feel like maybe once a month that ever would happen in our house. And even that's a lot. Yeah. I, I'm not yeah. saying all the time be trying sure. to do that. But I'm saying that there's a time where kids don't realize. Like, they don't realize that they actually are rolling their eyes. They, sure, yeah. Like, they don't real. I was like, no, people don't roll their eyes when they set out to roll their eyes. They roll their eyes when they're feeling yeah. like, oh, my word, I cannot believe I have to put up with this. That's, it's that thought that makes you roll your well, eyes. <laughs> the other thing is, I do think that there are, um, sometimes, you know, your, your kids feel like they're keeping their annoyance under close control, but they don't realize how much... Everyone knows that yes. they're annoyed. It, you are communicating. It, yeah. it comes through. It comes through. We see it. We all saw it. Um, and, and so, I don't know. I just think. As to... do they when I am peeved. Right? Yeah. So, they know yeah. full well when mom is not being yeah. great. I just think, though, it is so important, particularly if you are somebody who cares about the disobedience around you. So, uh-huh. well, then don't raise that in your garden. Like, if you don't like mm-hmm. that produce, don't cultivate it. Those invasive weed species, maybe don't order in the seedlings. Right. I mean, like, and maybe... Miracle grow Maybe actually fight it with what you have right in yeah. front of you that you could fight it with. Yeah, because you're just doing your child no favors at all if you never teach them how to obey. It's like, that is the whole theme of the Christian life, is obedience. And so... Your job, it's like teaching your child to walk or teaching them how to Mm -hmm. play baseball or teaching them how to speak English. It's like, that's your job is to teach them how to do these things. And your job is to teach them how to walk like a faithful Christian. And so teach them how to do it when they're four and when they're five and when they're six. Amen. Do it. So so that's our tip. That's our tip. Started Um, out strong on the mopnado. The (laughs) mopnado. The cleaning cart. Ended up with the... And keep your children. That's the last one. That's the final tip. The final tip. Don't raise liberals. If you've lost a recipe, look in the thrift stores. (laughs) Or call your sister. She might have it. Yeah, but that never occurred to me until this very very day. Yeah. All right. Until next time. Have a good week.